Hey, 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 welcome to another session of PhDivas. This is Liz. And this week we're actually going to have a short teaser rather than our full episode. The end of the semester struggle is so real, y'all. It's so real. It's going to be a clip of a recent conversation I was having with Zine and another PhDiva, Dr. Michelle Tong, who's already been on our podcast. It was actually about imposter syndrome. And some really interesting thoughts came out of it. So we decided to show this teaser now and then actually follow up with a full discussion. Thank you for all of your support. As always, please follow us on our Facebook page at PhDivas Podcast, Twitter, SoundCloud, and subscribe and review on iTunes. And we'll see you next week. Yeah, that's definitely something I think in the first couple episodes we had to, it took us a, quite a while to feel natural. And that's why like as soon as we stopped recording and then we talked naturally to each other and Dexter was there and he's like, this is what Ex- we should be recording. That was exactly it. It like, was the moment it would go off, we would say something and it would be beautiful. And then we try to record it and it just never felt beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, and I'd be I think, like, Liz, my friend in STEM, what do you think of like, it? Like, it's pretty artificial. And I'm uh, uh, the world is going yeah and and the other thing that happens that's well we've learned our dynamics i think Mm -hmm. we've tried to complement each other and i still go through this thing where we'll have a conversation and i feel like i don't know if it was interesting Mm -hmm. i don't know if someone wants to listen to it and it's always shocking to me and you would think it would go down but i still i think maybe it's just like the Mm -hmm. the thing that happens with every session I'm putting this out there. Did someone, did that sound okay? And then, like, oh, that didn't sound that bad. I'm like, oh, well, some people like it. Yeah. So, so I don't know if it ever goes away. I guess it's like imposter syndrome in podcasting. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. We, we've had this conversation time before. I, have, I feel weird about imposter syndrome in the sense that I feel weird about always ascribing to imposter syndrome. Right. I feel weird about always having to say that I have imposter syndrome or that every moment of fear or nervousness I have is due to being mm. feeling like an imposter that mm-hmm. that can just kind of happen and um like what if like why can't I have the white male privilege of being able to be afraid or nervous mm-hmm. or being inexperienced sometimes yeah. mm-hmm. and so it's a, it's definitely confusing because I definitely see, especially now that I interact with younger people, and they don't have like the the experience that I've built up at this point. Mm-hmm. So it's important for me to say those things, right? It's important to acknowledge those things, but then personally, I just like kind of like shiver inside of like I believe I should be here. Mm-hmm. I, I just, you know, is it always yeah. imposter syndrome? Why do I always have to be the one that says it or does it? So, mm-hmm. so I, it just feels very complicated to me. And then I feel like another metal, another level of this, which is by me saying, well, like, let's say I'm in a room with people and, and people say imposter syndrome. Oh, this is imposter syndrome. And I say, well, well, I don't feel that. Mm-hmm. Then what does that do for the experiences of everyone else there mm-hmm. who says, this is imposter syndrome because I don't want to say it's imposter syndrome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's so, it's like crazy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think that 
maybe like one of my greatest strengths as an educator Mm -hmm. so one thing they always tell us like you know you need to be reflective about your teaching Mm -hmm. and they'll have workshops on how to do reflective teaching and things like this and I think that maybe one of my greatest strengths is that because I always feel like an imposter Mm -hmm. I just am I reflect and I'm hyper vigilant about what I did and Mm -hmm. and maybe that means that not that like, I'll still, I know that the situation forces me to do stuff, right? Like, I want to do this, so I'm going to do it. But inside, I'm always sort of, like, there's the doubt in myself that, like, drives me to look for techniques to become better at what I do. And maybe that's a positive thing. Yeah, like, you make it into productive force. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that means that, that it's no longer imposter syndrome, but... I do always, yeah, the self-doubt is always yeah. something that's there. You, you're actually reminding me of a conversation I had with a tenure faculty member, um, white woman. She's amazing. I, I really, really love her, mm-hmm. and I want to be like her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, but, you know, she's just got, she's doing very well. Mm-hmm. She's doing very well. And we were talking, and then, I guess we were talking about doubt and she missed her imposter syndrome. And she also mentioned that, you know, that her male colleagues feel that too. And that in a sense, being successful, people who are successful mm-hmm. actually turn their self doubt into a motivator for finding new mm-hmm. solutions and new problems to keep solving because mm-hmm. faculty have to reinvent themselves pretty mm-hmm. periodically. You have to keep up, you have to stay current and you can't do that if yeah. you always think everything you did is right. Right. Yeah. And you never try to change. Mm-hmm. And so the the self-doubt is almost basically she was looking at people who are at her level and kind of reflecting on how everyone she knows has stood out. And I think that's like a really powerful and interesting thing. Mm-hmm. But if we tie it back into the imposter syndrome, so at what point do you actually transition from imposter syndrome to this is just a, like a, a norm, like a phase of self doubt mm-hmm. that I'm using that is natural for this process because you were always developing and creating. Yeah. Yeah. But also what happens when you take away that title of self doubt for the people who haven't made it there mm-hmm. or for when something legit is this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think like a lot of male faculty, while I've been on the job market, they've sort of given the advice of, like, fake it until you make it. Mm -hmm. So even if you feel doubt or you feel uncertain, you should project this confidence. So, like, go power pose before or just, like, act very confident. Maybe one thing I'm thinking is, like, well, as I, like, think about continuing in academia, if uncertainty is such a pervasive part of our experience, then Mm -hmm. instead of pretending to be confident then why not sort of create a space in academia mm-hmm. where uncertainty could be open like we mm-hmm. can be open about uncertainty. all right triple fist bump <laughs> and also i think that is pedagogically productive because often when we admit we don't know things in the classroom it mm-hmm. allows us to have greater dialogue um mm-hmm. yeah but also i think another aspect of that when you're saying like the um they're saying fake it till you make it confidence but we do have studies about how women who present the same type of confidence that men do tend to be punished in work environments. That's true. That the type of assertiveness that a, a female boss might have is often seen as being like bossy mm-hmm. as opposed to mm-hmm. while men are seen as being confident. Mm-hmm. You know, it like it also translates differently and that's something that we're being mindful to. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yep. I was <laughs> so many experiences, but I was thinking about how 
when I when I advocate for myself, present and past, present and past, sorry, um, the way I've done so has never been, I demand my rights. I mm-hmm. I need this. It's never been barge into the room, right. you know, like rip my shirt open. Well, I don't have <laughs> testosterone. I was thinking about Superman. Yes. Oh, yes. I wasn't like, necessarily. Yes. But I think that also alludes to the fact that as a woman, you can't just rip, you know, yeah. that's not a sign of, bust your of like strength. That's a sign of like, mm-hmm. yeah, another sign. Yeah. Superman could do it to be strong. If we do it, then we're sluts. Yeah. But uh-huh. the way that I do it is I kind of, I do this kind of dance. Like, I literally think of it as a dance where um, I need you to understand something, but I need to tell you the facts only and let you do the feeling part because I can't mm-hmm. do the feeling part. Yeah, I really I need that. to get you on my team. I need to send the emails. I need to network and make mm-hmm. sure that the message I have is the same. Like, there's these, these the dance that I have to do, mm-hmm. but it definitely isn't one of those straightforward ones. Um, there are advantages to that. There are disadvantages to that. I mean... I think it's nice because it keeps your relationships all intact. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I also am aware that it's also a way it is playing into the idea or playing into the way women can be successful without being um, seen mm-hmm. as 